Hello and welcome everyone to episode 6 of the Lunar Sea Spire Steven Universe Fan Podcast. This is episode 6, and on today's episode, we're going to be talking about this week's episode of Steven Universe, Bros of Scabbard. My name is Ken Davis, and hosting with me today, as always, are... GC13 and Dakota. So wow, they really started off the Steven bomb right, don't you think? I just was not expecting this episode to be so fieldy as it was. I was expecting it to be a good episode. I mean, with the flavor text that came along with this episode, how could you not? But, geez, that moment of Pearl development we got in there, I just kind of had to stop, pause the TV, and just think about life for a moment. Yeah, Ms. Sugar snuck her way onto the credits. Ugh, who's so good? Did we not notice that she was boarding beforehand? Um, I didn't notice until early, until not long before the episode, but... Yeah, she she always brings the feels every time she's on the board team. Man, like, I knew that Pearl looked up to Rose, but I feel like we get just this new look at the relationship dynamic in this episode that's just kind of insane. Yeah. It's like, I don't know, this might be a weird thing to compare it to, but everyone wants to ship the gems anyway. It made me think of an old couple who's been together forever, where, like, the husband or the wife or whatever have you, are just, like, solely committed to their spouse, and then the spouse dies, and then they're like, well, what now? You've been my entire life. That's just kind of what I thought of at the end there when Pearl was like, everything I did, I did for her. And now she's gone, and I'm still Mm -hmm. here. And I was just like, wow. Yeah, Pearl's kind of messed up when you really sit back and think about it. It struck me that for beings that are so long-lived, this happened, like, the what must be the equivalent for as uh, yesterday for Pearl. If you're like alive for thousands of years, the seven years or eight years, 12 years, however long Steven's been alive, that was a very, very short period of time ago for Pearl from her perspective. I mean, I don't think so. I think what we learned as of the last two episodes was that Amethyst must have been alone in the kindergarten for 500 years at least. But that one day on Warp Tour where they spent all day looking around the various areas of the warps, she acted like that was just such a long time. So, I mean, I think it's easy to contextualize just thousands of years in a way. But at the same time, Rose was like everything to Pearl. So even though it's only been like, what, 12, 11 years since Steven has been a thing, it's felt like a really long time for her. Yeah, I don't I don't, I don't really think that it, it's saying that because they're ageless, you know, 10, 10 years isn't anything to them. I mean, if either of you have read the Sandman comic series... There's a point very early on where Dream tells somebody that even though he himself is immortal, time does not go by any more quickly for him. You know, he's really pissed off at having been kept prisoner for decades. And so I I don't see how I don't I don't I don't think the comparison is very helpful, like saying, oh, well, that's like it's like 10 years in dog years. In the episode in which they were building the spaceship, Pearl thought 50 years was a very short period of time, so I think there is at least somewhat of a basis for thinking that maybe they experience time a little bit differently than we do, but fair enough. I agree with that, especially not just with the spaceship analysis, but you know, grounding Steven from TV for 1,000 years. Right. What I'm trying to get, get at isn't that they don't see a long period of time as just you know another scratch on the wall. I'm getting at that because Pearl was so close to Rose, even just what has been realistically a short period of time for them seems just so long, you know? Even though, like, again, it's only been a single decade of the thousands of years they spent together. That's a long time. 
I mean, again, going to the old couple analysis, it's like a tenth of a year, like a month when you've been married 50 years. That's still a long mm. time. Yeah, but going back to the space race thing, you know, the 50 years is a short shot to them because they're immortal. They have an eternity to do whatever they want with, whereas I, I still have no idea how the heck they intended to pass the time in there for 50 years. That's That's bananas. I don't know. I guess the gems just don't get as bored, or maybe they don't get bored in the same way. Wait. In the comics, though, Steven and Garnet go into Pearl's gem. Right. So, and there's an entire world in there, or at least a very, very large pocket dimension. So maybe, maybe she wasn't as crazy as we think. Do you think the comics are necessarily canon? Uh... Everything I've heard about them has said, yeah, they talked to Ms. Sugar about a lot of stuff, and basically the writing staff says that the comics are canon until the show itself says otherwise. I I don't feel like the comics are going to try and establish anything that's going to contradict the show's canon, but I mean, the comics don't really establish much of anything, you know? I really like the comics. I'm not saying anything bad about the comics, but I think going into Rope or Pearl's Gem has been the first interesting thing they've done in the comics that we haven't seen any mention of in the series you know yeah that was that was kind of a doozy for our understanding of gems and as far as i've been following the comics i i feel like six comics is an arc for them and that seemed like the end of the first arc for the comics although they haven't done the whole bundle for the next couple of episodes or comics which i think is kind of disappointing they haven't really been arcing the comics no not really Man, that, that's kind of a pretty long tangent to get away from uh, such a big episode as Rose's Scabbard. I mean, she gave a minor history lesson to us about the about the battle. And, right. Well, heck, Garnet even, Garnet even helped. Right. I actually scribbled down I mean, what I think is a somewhat accurate timeline after this episode. We have the pre-kindergarten period, which we have no idea how long ago that was. But I think we can assume that maybe the gems were on Earth around that point in time. We have the kindergarten period, which was 6,000 years ago, as was revealed as of the last episode, uh, Marvel Madness. We know that the great gem battle, or war, that happened in the Strawberry Fields was over 5,000 years ago. So, I don't know, I'm wanting to read that somewhere in the neighborhood of 5,100 or to 5,500 or so years ago. Um, and we know that at the point of this battle, Amethyst had not yet joined the rest of the gems. So I think that's that's pretty interesting yeah. that we have that timeline there. So we have no idea how long Amethyst was just by herself in the kindergarten, if she was conceived after the other gems that were made there. You know, she was just a late bloomer or whatever. I found that kind of interesting. I think she probably would have wandered off eventually if she had been left there for decades. I mean, she may very well have just never felt the urge to leave and been been there for a long time, but I just don't know. I mean, that's very plausible. What I really want to know is about the temple in Sirius Stephen, though. It commemorates a battle between Rose and someone, but we know that the temple itself was the object, well, presumably the object of the battle in the where the crystal gems fought against the homeworld at the Starberry Battlefield. That's, that's still tough to pin down. What the heck's going on here? I think that that temple was the result of a gem that was defeated as a result of that battle. Not necessarily Diamond, as I have said, or, you know, I've enunciated that's my opinion of who that gem was in past episodes, but definitely a powerful gem who was opposing the crystal gems. 
And what I think is also interesting is when In Serious Steven, which I'm sure you guys noticed, aired directly after this episode, the yes. way they enter the temple is from Garnet summoning, summoning this uh, pi- square-based pyramid and putting it into a a little hole in front of the pyramid. And as of the last episode, Marble Madness, the Robonoid, the big one that uh, Peridot sent to Earth, it turned into that same four-sided pyramid to go into the ground to get to that bottom area where the kindergarten control room was. So I think that was interesting. I think that there's some significance behind the pyramid with the square base for the Diamond Authority. So do you think that the Pyramid Temple was a monument to the victory then? I don't know about that because we know that the Crystal Gems won that. So why would it be a monument to the Crystal Gems victory? Well, because they won. I mean, why would you not erect a monument? You think that if you won a battle, you would erect a monument to your enemies? No, no, that they would erect a monument to their own victory. Maybe maybe representing this is what we defeated. But but I don't know. I, she's fighting a gem with a very prominent triangle on her chest, and I'm not sure if that's a, the, her gem or if that is a symbol of affiliation, which would imply that it's a pre-rebellion battle that they fought there, or that it's commemorating. I think that... I don't know. I feel like that's a really interesting question. We know that in Pearl's hologram, that Rose was wearing her dress that she wore right before she had Steven when she was, you know, in a relationship with Greg. But we know in the old-timey picture, she was wearing different clothes. So I thought that was interesting. They can change their clothes at will, like if, if somebody had taken a picture of them during the beach party. Well, sure, but what I was really wanting to get at there was that the cutout of in her belly of the gem it was already a star but we know or at least i think we can assume that at some point pearl was a part of the diamond authority because of the diamond on her symbol on her uh, spacesuit and space race so what really fascinates me and again getting back to this episode not exactly the question you were asking me but a dynamic we learned about pearl was i don't think she ever really fully believed in rose's cause i think she just wanted to follow rose yeah, I, I kind of got that that might be a possibility. What do you what do you think, Ken? Yeah, you've been kind of silent over here. Uh, I have no idea. No, I just enjoy listening. <laughs> um, yeah, I really I don't have an opinion. I guess we'll see. I mean, it's a it's a character issue. I, I thought you were all about characters, or I guess Pearl's not right? keeping for you. <laughs> I don't know how, by the way, that could be possible. Uh, but yeah, I I mean, don't know. when I I got a I got the dynamic that. Or I got the understanding that Pearl was very heavily personally loyal to Rose. And Definitely. So it it kinda kinda makes Rose's passing on her of her gem to Steven all the more tragic for Pearl because over time she seems to have built up an appreciation for the earth, but that may very well just be cognitive dissonance. You know, I, I've given up so much, this must have been a worthwhile goal. Okay, so another question here. We've been referring to the gems who are in their more feral forms as corrupted gems. Has has any point at any point in the series have they referred to these gems as corrupted gems? Because in this episode, Garnet said broken. Gems were broken here. I I think when Garnet said gems were broken, I think she means broken like Amethyst Gem almost was. She's basically saying they were killed for real. They didn't just right. release their physical form. Their gem that projects their body was destroyed. I, I think that's what she meant. Right. I think. Do you guys think it's a fair assumption to make that the corrupted gems that we've seen throughout the series were corrupted as a result of this battle? 
That is a big mystery right now. There are so many mysteries on the show. Right. Yeah, I have no idea. Did we sense any romantic tension between Rose and Pearl? <sighs> yeah, I, th I think there's an argument to be made that there was some romantic tension there. I just don't like shipping the gems together. I guess I could possibly see it. Maybe more subtext than outright romantic tension. Yeah, I guess so. I'm definitely not in favor of forcing romance when there is none, but this isn't like a live action thing where they're recording and maybe some actions were unintentional. Right. Like they're intentionally animating every single thing and every single expression. And it does seem pretty easy to interpret like her reactions to some of the things that uh, she was going through in this episode as romantic longing. So given yeah. that they're in, like animating all of these things very intentionally, it seems very plausible. I suppose so. I mean, and for other relationships, I mean, I think that it's pretty clear that Pearl and Amethyst were romantic at one time. I, I definitely ship Pearl and Amethyst. You think so? Like that, or at least that's as close as I'm going to get to shipping the gems. I mean, did you see, did you see them in Giant Woman? You know, we don't experience true oneness with any with each other anymore because I find you to be annoying. I mean, you know, insert. You know, they don't fuse anymore, or a human couple doesn't sleep together anymore. And then you watch Secret Team and Warp Tour, and they're flirting with each other. I, I think they used to be romantic. And then, of course, you have the Pearl Garnet dances, where it's just all the crystal gems with each other all the time, forever. Yeah, Pearl and uh, Garnet's fusion dance is definitely a little saucy, but I think that's the closest we've get gotten to any kind of romantic involvement between those two. Although I think Pearl and is definitely a big ship out there. Yeah, I mean, I think I think Pearl more sees Garnet as kind of a protector figure. You see how clingy she gets in uh, an indirect kiss, and she, she hides behind Garnet whenever there's a threat. You're not wrong. I'm gonna write that on a write that on a sticker and slap that on my shirt. I am not wrong. <laughs> It'd be like my gold star. I think. And spoilers for anyone who has been trying to avoid the episode promos. I think that we need to understand the role of Garnet's composite forms and their relationship to the other gems more before I think we can draw any definitive relationships between Garnet and the other gems. Although, I mean, Garnet has been the mainstay for so long, that might not be a fair statement. But, I don't know, I feel like the, the gem that we've seen in Jailbreak guiding Steven, I think it's pretty fair to say that that's going to be Sapphire and that's going to be part of G uh, Garnet's fusion because of her shoulders. They look like Garnet's puffy shoulders. She has the same lips as Garnet. Her eyes are being hidden. I don't know. That's just, that's what I think. And I think that's what a lot of fandom thinks right now. Yeah. I mean, that, that'll be a huge switcheroo if it turns out not to be. Wouldn't it be great if that's not the case? Because we're all expecting it, and the universe is going to just be like, nope, nope. Oh, this is they other gems. Set the internet on fire if they did that. <sighs> and then they then they just let us know that Garnet actually isn't a fusion. She just has two gems for some reason. Yeah, she's just <laughs> that good. That's how it goes. I would be so mad if that's the case. But I don't think it is because. You know, they've let us know time and time again that they don't want to mislead us. They're happy if we're catching up on things. So I don't think that's the case. I think that that blue gem is going to be Sapphire and that it's going to be one of Garnet's gems. And that the other one is going to be Ruby. 
because we got um we got the voice actors for those two leaked in one of the last few episodes. Yeah. But for for uh before before we end, I want to make sure that we bring up Pearl's treatment of Stephen in this episode. And actually, I, I first want to talk about Stephen's treatment of Pearl because I I gave him a lot of credit at the end of the test for being empathic enough to put the needs of the team before the the needs of his own you know he thanked them for putting that cool test together for him <clears throat> rather than letting them know that he knew because they were very doubtful that they were doing a good job raising him and it's, then in this episode pearl very clearly shows that rose had recognized that she had a high need to feel important so and trusted her with some secrets and then pearl's like oh hey i know about this stuff and just is completely blindsided when this upsets Pearl. That must have been a really awkward walk home for both of them. I don't know, because the way that they tie that up at the end of the episode, it's one of those things where, like, Pearl definitely went too far. But Stephen just... She, if it was awkward, it was more awkward for Pearl than it was for Stephen. Any thoughts over Pearl here, Pearl watched Stephen almost die and did nothing to help well, she couldn't. Cold she blooded. couldn't help him. She looked down. She saw that he was sure she okay. What, what what could she have done? The, he wasn't okay. He he was fine. He, he, he was him. dangling. Fine. He'll just climb up for his life. Well, I mean, I don't think it's fair to say she couldn't have done anything. She could have uh, transformed and stretched her arms down to pick Stephen up. Mm-hmm. I mean, we haven't seen her do she that. Could have just in climbed the down so far, or the series so far, but I don't think she's incapable of it. We've seen her climb at a 90-degree angle in this episode. Like, she clearly could have helped him, even without transforming. True. Very true. But he, d- he didn't need her help. He, I mean, at that point, he had already held on. And I mean, with... I don't, th- I don't know if she could have reached him fast enough with her arms stretching. And she seems to have trouble transforming her body. I mean, she was way too stressed out to even attempt it in Secret Team. But she so was Amethyst. been able to turn into a bird in time. <laughs> Wouldn't that have been great? She actually would have been a bird. No, but so did Amethyst in that episode. <laughs> so did Amethyst yeah. in that episode. She had trouble transforming as well. I think that when gems are stressed, they just have trouble tapping into some of those abilities. Yeah, so even even Amethyst, who's very good at shape-shifting, wasn't able to shape-shift under stress. Oh, I see, because she was so emotionally distressed. I see. So Pearl is super, super distressed at this time, and then on top of that, she's panicking because Steven's falling, and you're expecting her to be able to shapeshift under those conditions. I'm expecting her to be able to climb for, like, ten seconds when we saw her do it for hours earlier in this episode. And Steven was still in a dangerous position. Even though he was able to, like, pull himself up, I I don't think Pearl could have reasonably expected him to have been safe. Well, if, if that was supposed to be a tough climb for him, I don't think that they would have showed him just climb up like it was nothing. I, I think we are meant to gather that that was an easy, an accomplishable climb for him, let's put it. Let's put it. I don't think Pearl was trying to ignore Steven. I think it was more so, like GC is saying, I think that she thought that he could handle himself, that he was okay, and that she was just exhausted, you know? Um... Because I feel like we 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 all know someone who's been in that kind of situation before. Maybe we ourselves have been in that situation before, where we care about someone and they're in a crappy situation, but we're just kind of too spent to do anything, you know. So I don't feel like it was like Pearl decided, eh, screw it, you can just fall. I feel like it was like, Ugh, you're yeah. okay. I I can't deal with this right now. Yeah, she she never would have turned back if 
if there had been any perception of actual danger. Right, I agree. So back to what you were saying earlier, I do want to talk about the relationship dynamic between Steven and Pearl, especially after Pearl had her freakout mode. I think this really solidifies a lot of Steven's character as a very forgiving entity. And I I feel like, you know, there's a lot of Hindu symbolism in this show. Um, you think of opal, you think of the placement of the gems corresponding with various chakras, you think of Sugalite. But what I think has been really weird that I've seen is a lot of pseudo-Christian symbolism in the show as well. And I feel like I see a lot of savior complex uh, tropes being evoked through Steven. And I think that like just his willingness to forgive so many things so easily is just one of those tropes. And I think we really see that because Pearl, she was just hardcore in this episode. You think of like how Lars went after Steven in um, Lars and the Cool Kids, and Steven was just like, oh, how dare you? And then he just brushed it off. In this episode, Steven didn't even have time to think about how bad he felt. He was just like, is she okay? It was just like, not even think about it. I forgive you. Yeah, yeah. Steven was really nice to really nice to Pearl in this one, and that that's always nice to see. One more thing I definitely want to get in here before we begin to taper off the conversation was the name of those weapons. The axes were called uh, the axes yeah. of ages. The spiky chainball lady was called the heretic's anguish. The three light cannons were called the quartzile trio, and all of those armor were called the armor of the fallen. Courtesan. Oh, the courtesan trio. Yeah, I, yeah, I that's even right. I had to look it up. I had written them all down. I guess I just wrote the core design one sloppy. Yeah, I forgot to cross my T. Swipe King Cross. Yeah, lies. I'm I'm interested in knowing what's the deal with that heretic's anguish. That's crazy. Oh uh, yeah, that thing was weird. I think the show has shown us time and time again you can't consider anything a throwaway joke, but I don't know that that's going to amount to much. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, this might be one that's in the series Bible and we never find out about. Wait, why wasn't? Why didn't we get to see the giant penny again? <laughs> I know. Well, that would have been hilarious if, you know, Stephen had pulled up a giant penny and Pearl's like, I don't know what that is. <laughs> that <laughs> would have been great. Does that mean it's worth more than a regular penny? That would make sense. I do want to mention that... Uh... Pearl's character design, anytime she gets like really excited or anytime she has like a really You're saying she's highly emotive? Yeah, anytime she's highly emotive in her eyes or very wide, she looks exactly like a clown and it's very distracting to me. <laughs> I really hope I don't start noticing that from now on. You might have just ruined the series for me, Ken. You just broke Pearl. Sorry. How do you Good not notice it? To me, it, she looks exactly like a clown anytime she does that and it kind of takes me out of things a little bit, but... Well, now I'm thinking of too many birthdays when she actually was a clown, and I'm thinking, ah, I can totally see that. I think it depends on who's boarding and the colorist. Because sometimes Pearl's skin is lighter, and sometimes it's more of a cream color, you know? And when it's more of the creamish color, I feel like her character design looks more serious, and when it's more of the whitish color, she seems more cartoony. Yeah. Yeah. What about that axe that Garnet took home, though? Can you imagine what monster of a fusion would have wielded that thing? Someone suggested that all of the gems that were created in the kindergarten were all amethysts. And the justification behind that was that typically gemstones 
are found together in clusters. So what if that was literally just a bunch of amethysts fused together and they had a giant axe? That would have been insane. That would have been a whole bunch of amethysts. I, I, I did notice in Sirius Steven that on the hilts of at least some of the swords, there are gems that look like the top of amethysts gem. Right. I don't. If all of the gems were gem were amethyst, like that was their gem proper, I don't think they would have all looked like the amethyst we know and love, or even that the gem placement of that stone would have been in the same place for all of them. Yeah, the, they look like whatever the heck they want to look like. I mean, our amethyst has to think a lot differently than they do. True, true, true. But yeah, the, there there was probably a giant, giant woman on that battlefield. Right. I wonder if that might have been the first time that the Crystal Gems... Well, I guess it couldn't have if Amethyst is a part of the Crystal Gem that forms their gem temple. Because that's what I might have been thinking, is that they all form together into a giant fusion to fight. There were probably some huge Crystal Gem fusions, too. That's true. The, the Rebellion yeah. probably existed more than just Garnet, Pearl, and Rose at the beginning of it. Yeah, there, there was probably a fairly large Crystal Gem army. I mean... Pearl's holding that battle flag, and it's like she's talking about how, oh, I know I had one of these, and I led my unit into the into their flank, and I mean, it's like she was giving, it's like she was telling Stephen a war story, and he's just sitting there like, oh, right. dude, this is great. That's exactly what I thought. I thought it was great when she just took off that top hat and held it over her chest. Think of like a patriot. It's easy. American flag does the same thing. I I actually did not notice that gesture. You didn't? No. Yeah, Steven pulled that top hat out of Lion, and he was doing the magic tricks, and then he was pulling other stuff. Yeah. Then she's wearing it in the scarf like she's Doctor Who, and then he gets the battle flag out. I, I didn't notice that she put it over her heart. She did. She did, just like a southern gentleman. That sounds so cool. The entire ending scene was really beautiful. It reminds me of a lot of the scenes from the end of arcs in One Piece. They usually end with a bunch of over-emotive crying and then people just having a good time, like kind of rejoicing in each other's company. I really it was it. perfect that there were no words to any of that montage. It was just perfect the way it was. Yeah. yeah. So I guess we should kind of wrap it up there, but I, I do wanna I do wanna bring up before we before we do the closing. Do you guys think we're gonna get to see Alexandrite during Stephen Bomb? I hope not. Alexandra really? was horrifying. I want I really to see Alexandrite just beat someone down. Or I at hope least that we see a Pearl Garnet fusion. <laughs> That's what I'm hoping for. Alexandrite seems kind of, you know, uh, unstable. That's the word I'm looking for. I don't care if we see her or not, but I don't think we're going to. Uh, I'm hoping, but uh, I hope for a lot of stuff, you know. I mean, you talking me. about spoilers, who's excited yeah. to see Malachite and Jasper? I'm excited to find out who the heck Jasper is. That that I'm hoping it's the centipedal, but really, I'm just hoping like heck that Malachite is not hostile. Why would why would centipedal fuse with Mal or with Lapis? They both like Steven. You think Lapis is going to fight for Steven? Oh my goodness! I'm Wouldn't that be I'm great? Hoping that. I'm hoping that Lapis is not there to fight the fight the crystal gems. I I I would just break my heart. I think that would unless she had enough unless she had a heel face turn by the end of it, then it would all be okay. If she wasn't there to fight the crystal gems, you know that it would break all the hearts of the Lapidot shippers. <laughs> Although I don't think Lapis uh... and 
Peridot know each other. I just don't think they yeah. can because Peridot had no idea who the Crystal Gems were. I don't think Lapis and Peridot know one another, even on the homeworld, if Lapis has made it back yet. Because if they did, Peridot, I think, would know about the Crystal Gems because Lapis would be telling everybody that, hey, they're still there and they're still wrecking your stuff. Yeah, probably. So to all the Lapidot shippers, uh, sorry. Yeah. Well, I guess I guess we should we should cut it off here. We have uh, a lot more episodes to do this week as the as the Steven Universe episodes air. So I'm GC13. This is Dakota. And this is Ken. And we will see you all tomorrow. Later, Space Cowboy. Our opening and closing music is by James Roach. For more Steven Universe fan-related content, please visit LunarSeaspire.com. Thank you for listening.